The street lay like a snake sleeping, dull dusty, gray-black in the dingy darkness. At the three-way intersection of 23rd Street, Gray's Ferry Avenue, and South Street, a fountain, erected once upon a year by a ladies' guild in fond remembrance of some dear departed altruist, stood cracked and dry, full of dead leaves and cigarette butts and bent beer cans, forgotten by the city and the ladies' guild, functionless except as a minor memorial to how they won't take care of nice things. On one side of South Street, a chain food market displayed neat packages of pre-cooked food, sequestered behind thick plate glass, a nose-thumbing temptation to the undernourished. On the other side of South Street, the state liquor store showed backlit bottles to tantalizing advantage and proclaimed, on a sign pasted to the inside of the window, just behind the heavy wire screening, that state lottery tickets were on sale and that you had to play to win. There was no one on the corner where Gray's Ferry met 23rd and 23rd met South. The police, spying any of the local citizens, assumed they were there to rob the liquor store or the food market and ran the duly convicted offender away. But a little way downtown, near the junction of a nameless alley and South Street, was a dim entranceway, a hole in the wall with a thick wooden door hanging open, and out of it came belches of heavy-beating jukebox music and stale tobacco smoke. The traffic light at the intersection changed. A flood of cars accelerated away from the corner, their lowered headlights reflecting in pools of the soft tar of the street. One set of headlamps, undimmed, lanced ahead, raking over the fronts of dingy brown brick buildings and glinting in the eyes of a big black alley cat, scruffed and scarred, from a thousand battles royal. Blinded, the cat darted into the street and was caught beneath the rear wheel of the last car in the string. The car swerved slightly and pulled over to the curb, and the driver, a balding man dressed in baggy gray slacks and a blue coat sweater, got out. What on earth did I hit? He muttered, looking around. Oh, God, George, said the woman in the right front seat. It was probably just a bump in the street. There's enough of them, Lord knows. Why don't they do something about the streets in this neighborhood? It couldn't have been a bump in the street, George said. The front wheel didn't hit it, and the back wheel did. I just hope it wasn't a child. A child? At this time of night? It was probably just a dog, or a cat, or a rat, she added, looking around with a shudder. What's wrong? demanded a sleepy voice from the back seat. Your father's trying to convince himself he's a murderer because he ran over a dog or something. Daddy, did you kill a dog? Be quiet, Stacy, said George. If it was a dog or something, then I want to make sure it isn't lying injured somewhere to go mad. You're mad, George. Here we are, sitting in the middle of this, this place about to be robbed or knifed or worse, and all you're worried about is a stray dog. Cat, said George, who had walked around to the back of the car, where he could see the mangled body dripping red blood and yellowish intestines on the pavement. Good God, exclaimed the woman, 
leaning out her window and staring at the mutilated mass. Did it scratch the paint? Daddy, Stacy said accusingly, you are a murderer. George, let's get out of here. That cat smells terrible. This whole neighborhood smells terrible. It's giving me the willies. George looked up and down the street, hands on hips. Then he turned and began to walk toward the open doorway beside the alley. George, George, where are you going? Don't you dare leave us alone. Just right here, Martha. Somebody may want to do something. He walked on. Behind him, he heard the windows being rolled up and door locks being engaged. He smiled to himself. Then he looked around at the dilapidated buildings and the overflowing garbage cans and the dark shadows, and he stopped smiling.